Welcome to Sisterhood Our Conversations, the podcast. I'm your host, Pumesa Langa. Today's conversation is a little bit on the different side. We're joined by two gentlemen, Andre Limbois and Howard Vivey. We're going to be talking about a really important topic, representation in the creative industry, in terms of the work, in terms of the people, in terms of what we see portrayed. When it comes to representation, the stories that we get to tell as Africans, and how much creative power, independence that we do have or don't have when it comes to the stories that we tell and that we get to share with the world. Cartoon Network Africa aired its first original web series, See Into the Rescue, in November 2020. Each episode is seven to nine minutes long and stars comedian Andre Lempa, who plays four characters in the sitcom and explores different scenarios and challenges that the character taps Lempa faces. In our conversation, we talk about the collaborative work between themselves and Cartoon Net- Network Africa and what representation in the industry looks like and what it looks like and what it could be and what it should be and how we can all be part of the industry in terms of supporting in terms of the work that we create in terms of advocating for the creatives that we know about it was an interesting interesting conversation i enjoyed it and i hope you do too Thank you so much for joining us as Sisterhood Our Conversations. I'm really excited to be talking about See Into the Rescue, how it came to be, how just the Cartoon Network relationship came to be, but also how you guys know each other and the and the story behind that, but also just the, the power of collaborations, because this is a collaborative effort. Yeah. And um, part of also the importance of representation um, in what we see in terms of media as well as the future of African storytelling. No, no pressure. I'm not going to the talking. Sure. <laughs> but before we get started, please do introduce yourselves to our listeners. Well, um, I'm Andre Limwa, also right. known as Andre the Greatest. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm just a local, what? Comedian? Am I a comedian? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm a memeologist to be exact. Someone who makes memes. So, yeah. Yes. That's 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 just why. He's also an Angolan. No, uh, Angolan born. No, Congolese, Congolese born. Angolan, Angolan growing upish. Yes. Cape Town maturing. Yes. Colored sounding black man. Yes. Yeah, that's me, my bro. <laughs> Oh, that, that, that's that's quite a mix there. Um, <laughs> and Howard? I am, I'm Howard. I am a filmmaker by day and I'm soon to be a dad by yeah. night. Thank you, thank Ooh, you. Long hey. nights. I'm going to be having my firstborn child in like two months' time. Apparently my whole life oh. is going to then change drastically. Ooh. So yes, I best cool. do any kind of stuff right now before that t- time arrives. Hence this conversation. Mm. So thanks for having me. <laughs> And I come from originally, but I I lived in Cape Town now for 15 years. And um, okay, so you're probably Cape Townian now. That's me. I think so. Yeah, give it another like 20 years now, officially be Cape (laughs) Townian. Passport and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Thank you so much, guys. Quite an interesting um, background and brief bios on the two of you. How did you meet? Let's let's start there. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met through a mutual friend of mine. Well, mutual friend, female friend. 
and yeah. it's your main mentee what's what's wait you mento you mento well she's a friend from church who is part of our like small group okay and she sees him as a mentor so that's what yeah, mentor. apparently she does uh, so, she knows, who knows why <laughs> so like, yeah she she like we she introduced me to him at church always mm-hmm. talking about this howard guy howard and i was like what is so great about this howard person i mean like <laughs> why do i meet him because she always wants because we we're pretty close so she wanted me to meet him as well and i was just like mm-hmm. ah, it's not such a big deal but then boom we had a big deal and then we came to um I live in Brooklyn, which is like the suburb in Cape Town. And yes. at our house on a Wednesday night, we have pup and meat. Yeah. And we have about 15 to 20 people crammed into our kitchen of all races and, and, yeah. uh, and ages and faces. And then yeah. on yeah. one of those Wednesday night meetings. And I guess you stuck around, right? Yeah. I loved it. That, that was all before COVID, just, just so by the way, before COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, before yes. COVID. Yeah. 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 Before for a good couple of years and then yeah andre pulled through mm-hmm. and um got kind of god kind of added him to the group and since then we've been mates mm-hmm. and then i mean i always saw his little like videos and stuff so i always knew in the back of my mind that he was a performer of some sorts yeah. and you knew that i was a filmmaker of some sorts but nothing really happened we just kind of carried on doing our yeah. wednesday night and more than wednesday like, we also hang out during the week and we you know it shouldn't just be like a wednesday thing but until a few, like what, a year, a year later or something, we mm-hmm. got a call from yeah. Cartoon Network to the rescue, and then yeah, yeah. And Howard called me, and then we teamed up and produced a nice series for you guys. Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it was a great way to enter the festive season, and it's actually I loved how you brought in so many different elements of the different Cartoon Network, um, you know, cartoons that we, we all know and understand and have like, grown up watching. I think mm. a lot of them, I still even watch personally. Like, I mean, I'm like, I, I always say my daughter's watching it, but then I'm actually the one who's watching it. Yeah, you're allowed to she's forgotten that. about them. It's fine. <laughs> right? It's okay. But what inspired the See Into the Rescue storyline, especially keeping to the African story that is relatable because a lot of the time, I mean, you'll, you'll present the story and it gets, you know, switched up here and there to be more palatable for the Western audience. But I mean, it, you guys from right from the beginning to the end, it's, it's stayed as an African story that is relatable. So please do share a little bit about the storyline and, and a bit more about the journey. For me, um, I'll, I'll start. Andre can, can finish and pick up the pieces after we see where it goes. But basically, I got this brief from Cartoon Network. It was a very wide and open brief. They just wanted me to make content for an African audience of young black boys between the ages of, like, I think it's, you know, 8 to 15. I think that's our, our primary target audience. So that was our goal, to make content for, like, black kids across the continent. So not just South Africa, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously white kids, Indian kids, whoever else is going to find the African kind of culture appealing and, and relatable. But our primary target audience yes. was like black kids throughout Africa. And for me, I had a picture of the audience because I spent a lot of time in um, mixed cultural places. My wife works in a township. I lived in a township in, in Cape Town for a year. And I mean, like half of my friend group are black, half of them are white, half of them are like, yeah, I need some more colored friends. <laughs> Any colors doesn't kind of give me a shot. But basically, um, we got a very mixed kind of world that happens in, in my circles at least, which is amazing. And I'm very mm. 
privileged about that. So um, when they, I think, approached me with that brief, I, I knew it was something that we could pull off um, authentically, put it that way. It would be weird if I was like, it was very much in a homogenous, like, cultural experience where it's only whiteies or yeah. only Chinese people or whatever yeah. my thing was. But because it's super multicultural, um, I was like, oh, this sounds really fun. And and I, I was, I was like... Um, quite inspired by being able to make some content and like imagining like a little like 10 year old Oza kid sitting on his TV, uh, on his carpet, like on a Saturday morning with his bowl of cereal, watching Cartoon Network and seeing like a black character who's awesome and full of energy and life and, and so stoked and optimistic about everything, but also mischievous and playful. Um, but somebody that they can relate to and even has the same struggles as them and has a strict mom and like, you know, who, who like doesn't take any nonsense, <laughs> having a Google who like doesn't know what's going on most of the time and, and having all of that stuff, uh, you know, for me, like that, that, that was uh, something I really was excited about creating. So, yeah. um, so then that, yeah, that was the brief and I took that brief um, and they obviously wanted it to be funny. They said like it needs to be comedic and have a lot of comedy in it and stuff like yes. that, which is like kind of one of the areas that I suppose I'm, I'm better at. Like I'm, I suck at like straight drama. So I was like, okay, awesome. <laughs> um, but mm -hmm. so what, what, what myself and my co-writer, Andrew, he helped me come up with some of the like, yeah. like the nuts and the bolts of the character conflict and stuff. So we, we mapped okay. out seven episodes of like um, potential mm -hmm. problems that any ordinary teenager or, or like young adult could find themselves in. So something like breaking a TV when your mom says don't touch the TV or, you know, making the house dirty and your mom says clean the house. Those are the kind of very ordinary things. Then we took those nuts and bolts and, uh, and that's when I called up Andre and I was like, hey, Andre, like help us make this more African. Mm -hmm. um, because like, I mean, I'm African as a South African dude, but for my Western upbringing is totally different, in particular with the family dynamic compared to like a Congolese, Angolan, was a guy you're yeah. mainly with the mom and the dad it's just totally different you know it's way more yeah. um, like the dynamics are all over the place and so for that we literally had i think we had about two or three script writing sessions with, between yeah. me and andre and he came over to my house wow. and we, we brew up we brewed up a cup of coffee we sat down and we said bro what is what happens in your life like how yeah. what is a realistic way of getting into trouble with this scenario so then i would pitch the scenario to him and i'd be like is this something that happens in your actual kitchen um, as examples uh, mm. the cooking the cooking episode i was like bro would your parents ever ask you to make food and then your Andre's answer was like why do you ask me they tell me they tell you they yeah. tell you <laughs> So then I'm like, oh, okay, cool, got it. They tell you, and then I'd write that down, and then and I'd be like, and what would the what would the tone of voice be like? What would the food be like? What would the size of the room be like? What are all these things? And so we literally we went into a lot of detail about about like mainly the relationship dynamics, and I think that yes. is what helped create like these authentic. I think they're pretty authentic characters. Um, and then on the side, Andre was already doing a lot of multiple character stuff with a mom kind of figure on his yeah. Instagram channel. And that mom figure mm -hmm. was already like super strict and like, I mean, your classic kind of <laughs> African mom. Typical mom. So, but yeah, so to you, Andre, what is it like bringing in that African? Um, Honestly, I just, mom? I just wanted to make sure that, I mean, it, it was, it is Africa, like, um, it of Africa. Yeah. I wanted to make sure like whatever content we were going to bring out like it has to be relatable like I want the next African person sitting yeah. and see it, watching it from the screens to be like oh yeah I experienced that you know like not just those yeah. typical stories where we come up with our own 
storyline our imagination which never really takes place in life and in like no one can really relate to understand relate so, to it mm-hmm. yeah like and i took from my own literal experience in life and then i just applied mm-hmm. it all together and i was just i was just inspired by the fact that i can actually now use my my, my love for comedy and my passion to actually yeah, yeah. showcase my, my my talent as well out there so yeah it was it was an opportunity mm-hmm. and even stuff like that's amazing uh, the characters of, of um Garcia, like Andre's cousin that he lives with. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> his name is Garcia. So we just stole like actual parts of Andre's life. And some of the art department stuff comes from Andre's house yep. as well, like paintings in the back. Oh, wow. I was like, Bru, I mean, like I said, I spent a lot of time in kind of in the African houses and I, the aesthetic is very like important to get it right or at least try to get it right. Yeah. So I was like, bro, just give me those. You know you've got a random painting of a flower somewhere in your house. I do. And then I was like, find it and bring it to me. And then he did. He took it off his like, mom's lounge. <laughs> oh, that's so real. It's like, so real. I mean, look, when you mentioned, when you mentioned the painting, all I'm thinking about is the, is the, the, the child who's crying, who's got a tear in their eyes and they've got like this curly black hair. That's probably like 80% of black people's homes and no one knows who this child is but like, <laughs> I mean it was like sticking up the, the president's photograph in the house was there um, there's a, a couple of other things that probably not visible on all of the shots but there's like a kind of a catholic a roman catholic um, calendar yeah. on the walls um, and there's yeah. yeah and then there's a typical color palette of like very orange or um, or purple mm-hmm. or blacks that we use across the board, trying to make it feel as much as possible. We actually filmed that whole thing at, at my house, so we had to transform. Oh, That's like literally in the same room we're sitting in now. We've yeah. filmed a lot of it. That's amazing. I think one of the really great things I loved about the the series is that, like you say, it's relatable, and it's when you when you're watching it, you you can actually be like, oh, that could have been like something that could happen mm. to me. Or it reminds you of something that happened in your own life. And mm. it, it makes it a little bit funnier, but also you're looking at it thinking, oh my word, what was I thinking <laughs> as the older individual? Because you think, thinking, my word, taps, but like, what happened there? Like, what were you thinking? Like, that no, shouldn't no. have happened. So that's that's a really, really amazing part of it. And um, Andre, I, I read somewhere where you were in quite, it's a, a major disbelief when you heard that Cartoon Network wanted to do this. Like, what made you think, okay, wait, like how it's messing with me? Like, what firstly, <laughs> do you think that like, you were being punked? Firstly, <laughs> you, you, you don't just wake up in the morning and then check your phone and someone just be like, hey, yo, Cartoon Network, I wanna, I wanna do this with Cartoon Network, can you please join me? That, 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 I don't know, like, I was. I, I remember I was at work, and then Howard was like, "I need your help with yeah. something." So I thought maybe he needed my help, like because I, I obviously act and stuff. So he wanted my help to help, um, help him write down some script or something like that. Then yes. he um, he's working with Cartoon Network. It still didn't click in my mind that he wants me to work with him. I still thought I'm just gonna help him, you know, do some stuff. On the side. Yeah, and then when I got yeah. here, he's like, "I want you to act like in the Cartoon Network um, series," and I was like wait wait you're talking about <laughs> do you mean like cartoon network cartoon network or is there like a knockoff of cartoon network i don't know honestly like i would never i would never ever have thought like not in a thousand years mm. cartoon network would have been 
a brand that I would be working for or work. So yeah, it, it, it was quite unbelievable. I still kind of don't believe it, but even though it's out there already, I still don't believe it. But yeah. You remember the line that sold it? If Andre had his Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so then when we did, when we did like, what was it then? Yeah. When we were doing a, a proof of concept, Howard told me like, mm. okay, cool. You're going to have to be looking a bit younger, which means I'm going to have to shave my beard. At that time, I had mm. a lot of beard. So then, yeah, he submitted the um, proof of concept to them and he told me if you have yeah. to shave, that means you got the job. So I think it was like two or three days later, I just got the voice yeah. this one evening and he's like, dude, are you ready to shave? And I was like, no way. <laughs> like, no way. I, I, just, I just couldn't believe it. It was all too good to be true. Mm, but it's amazing. I mean, like all the work that you've been doing thus far, yeah. um, it, it, it's part of the journey and it prepared you for this particular, for this particular experience in this yeah. chapter of your life. So it's, it's testament to both of you in terms of the work that you've been doing and just staying true to the cause. True, true. And what has been the reception to the series thus far? I mean, what has been the mood and the sentiment um, and people, feedback? People have been able it. to receive any feedback. <laughs> people have. You've got yeah, that, that, that's why it's now on TV. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually, it's, well, it's obviously the, the target audience generally would have been mm. is for kids. But I won't lie, like mm. a lot of adults, like I'm talking about like my, 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 fam, my aunt's friends and like actual adults are like loving it. They, they, they all tuned in. They're all telling me, oh, we saw you on TV. Oh, I like this. And they describe each character and they all have their own favorite characters. I mean, like for myself, it was actually like a wild pat on the back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of what we released. It's also cool. I think uh, we were. It's difficult for us to know the full reception on, on TV and stuff because yeah. we don't have access to like the ratings or whatever. But I'm sure over over oh, the yeah. next couple of weeks or, or months, maybe we'll find out how it's doing. Um, but mm -hmm. YouTube, it's, uh, it's on Cartoon Network Africa's YouTube channel. It seems to be doing fairly well over there as well, which is really cool. So it's like, I think it's one of the top performing things on their channel at the moment. It is. Oh, look at you guys. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I think one of the, the major things that I really enjoyed about the particular series is that, you know, you've, and as much as this podcast is about women, yeah. um, it's, it's about the, for me, the, the series is about the positive representation of what you see in terms of Africa and our people. And, you know, for me, the conversation, it was the broader conversation in terms of the importance for our children, especially girl children in particular, but also boy children, mm -hmm. about what they consume in media. And representation has been such a topical, you know, part of the creative spaces, whether it's music, whether it's um, different areas of lives where we, as African people, we want to see content that represents who we are, whether you're from the top of Africa or the right to the bottom, no matter what tone of skin you are, but as long as you identify yourself as an African, yeah. you want to be able to see content that, that, that you're like, oh, okay, I, that's me. You know, that could be me. That's my story. That's my journey. So for you guys, what does representation mean to you? And especially your work in the creative space. Yes, Andre, what does it mean for you? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm just uh, coughing. I got a cough. Hashtag COVID. Um, yeah, well, what is it? What, what do you think, Andre? Growing up, did you have a need, like desires for seeing more like black characters on screen? I know things have changed a lot in the last like 15 years. Well, uh, I, w I wouldn't really say seeing more black characters. I mean, like 
I'm not that. I'm like, if if I like something, I don't care who's acting or what what's going on. If I just like, mm-hmm. I like it, it just has to be entertaining. But I also like things that's like very relatable. Like that's one that's one thing I honestly haven't seen like growing up. Like in terms of cartoons or any um, TV shows that you watch, you wouldn't really see something that you can actually like hundred percent relate to or at least for, for a moment you understand. So like to say, oh, I've experienced that. Oh, I've been through that and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, like this is a whole, um an entire African family, which literally mm. shows you what what happens um, behind closed doors in an African household. So I'm sure a lot of person, um, a lot of person, a lot of people could relate to that. And plus, mm. um, yeah, like I'm just sure that a lot of people could relate to that. And we presented it well as well. If you ask me, I think that's the like most important thing. If you're gonna be making something that's a little bit different with new characters and mm. characters that represent different people groups and stuff. Like the number one thing is it has to be well done. It has to be well executed. Yeah. And then number two, it can have like representation and stuff. But if it's got like a lot of different representations of different populations and it sucks, yeah. like the content's actually boring or just badly put together, then you kind of, you're basically doing a disservice to that yeah. whole yeah. thing. Like to try and, you know, so it's like it needs to first be a good piece of art or a good program or a well-written thing, and then yes. you'll achieve your purposes. But yeah, so you must must make sure you get the order in the correct way. Because um, we've all seen like content mm-hmm. where guys are trying to shove like some message down your throat and yeah. it just feels really unauthentic um, or inauthentic. Yes. And that's like, that literally goes, it does more damage than um, good. So hopefully this hasn't been, doesn't, hasn't felt like that. Hopefully it's felt like, like authentic and kind of natural and this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think when that happens, no, absolutely. it <clears throat> automatically breeds more of its own kind. And that's how you like yes. can change culture as opposed to going out there and being like, we must change. Like if these are 10 points and we're going to do this thing and like we've got all this like plan, but rather just make good content with, Characters that are unique and representative of mm-hmm. the, the the countries or the cities or the teams that are where it's being made, and if it's mm-hmm. made with competence on both in front of the camera and behind the yeah. camera, I think that then it will spread and it will. Um, it, it's almost like a bit more of an organic thing happening then, as opposed mm-hmm. to like a contrived thing where you feel like you have to like you know push it because no one wants to be um sold the message or something so that's that's uh, the, uh, then it'll turn people away that's the thing. exactly and audiences are quite smart and no matter the age they'll can pick up when it's like okay you know someone is standing on their soapbox yeah um then they switch off it has to be something that's very real and organic and just filters in nicely and if it's funny it really works well like that's the one thing True. Like, oh yeah comedy just like you can swallow anything with the word comedy it's awesome it, like it manages to trans um, what's the word like when it to, 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 like goes across, uh, crosses boundaries, yes. crosses barriers, crosses racial barriers, crosses everything? Comedy, like it just you know, if it's if it's funny, you can just laugh at it and, no matter what, and that's exactly. Awesome. That's true. That's actually quite true. But um, Andre, one of the things I want to ask you, I mean, you guys have chatted about the the storylines quite a bit, but how did you like sp- um select certain storylines and what was it like taking on the role of all the characters because i can imagine you have to like go into one space and your mind has to go into something else and then when you're switching roles i mean it's it 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 seems like it can take quite a bit out of you but you seem to have done it so seamlessly and it looks really really good so how was that like for you and how were the storylines selected that you guys chose for for cn the the storylines 
we also um made sure like it's like I, I wouldn't say trendy top like load shading. You saw the load shading one, right? It is, it is a, yes. a trending thing. Yeah. So like we we just wanted to make sure like people would understand like like and we even explained the word load shading so that um people in Upper Africa who don't experience load shading can know exactly what is load shading in South Africa. And then yes. yeah, it was just something we came together, sat down. We tried to name the the the, the titles of each topic according to a way that yeah. um. When you just listen, um, when you just read the topic, you exactly try to pick up or try um have your own idea of what's this episode going to be about. So yeah, and in taking on the different roles, like to be honest, I wouldn't quite say that was difficult for me. Like, like it, it was actually quite very easy. The the only difficult part would have been having to change every five minutes or so, switching into just wardrobe. Like the one moment I have makeup on my face because I'm mom, the next moment I have to go into Garcia, so now I have to go into that squeaky voice. And so like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything challenging when it comes to switching characters. Because I mean, first of all, Tapiwa, yeah. that's basically Andre in a nutshell. Like I wasn't even acting much. That was just me being, just yeah, that was just the accent. The accent was basically the only acting because otherwise I'm that energetic. My friends. <laughs> otherwise, that's how energetic <laughs> I am. And then, yeah, like I said, just switching into different wardrobes all the time. That would have been the the thing that was tiring. But even that with Tapiwa and the different characters, in your mind, you had like a different kind of um, idea of what each accent was and each character. So yeah. Tapiwa was a bit more like West African. Mm-hmm. In his accents, and just yeah. some of this, we're like, let's try, let's try have the characters, their accents representing a bit more of the continent. And then mm. Garcia was a bit more of like a white accent. A like, then like we got a colored guy in the last episode, um, or colored accent, and then we had the mom. What's the mom's accent? Her accent was also like, no, no, like yeah, no, like you better do this right now. Why? What? 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 <laughs> What accent is? I don't know what accent. Apart from highly annoyed mom. African. There we go. Yes, but it was a challenge. I did really well because one of the most difficult things about this whole production was we we shot everything um in seven days and then one extra day um, for the visual effects stuff. But basically, we had one day for for each episode, which is like very fast, incredibly fast. And it's the yeah. first time working on a kind of a bit of a bigger set, like more more than one person by that I mean. And yeah, yeah. pressure. So you know, every morning he would rock up to my house at like what like six or something. Six um you know he came with somebody helping with catering and like we'd we'd all be doing a lot of stuff and then he would be in the room jumping into one wardrobe, then out of the next wardrobe and Often we didn't have all the shots mapped out yeah. um, ahead of time. Mm. When you got the scripts the day before. Like Can two, you believe? Two, day, two days before, I think. Can yeah. you believe? Sometimes when on the more. That's So it was very, uh, it was a bit rushed. That was probably the most challenging aspect. Yeah. But you pulled it off, though. That's actually quite amazing, though. But yeah, yeah Andre was, you, you, you did it well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Any other challenges that that you guys experienced while working in the made and then the series? Just working with Andre was a big challenge. <laughs> working with this guy, you know, some drama queens. You know what I'm talking about? Drama queens. I mean, this is the women's podcast. Drama, you know, drama queens for Andre. No, no man. Like, no. I don't quite really think. I I just feel like it was after the whole production. I was just 
Yeah, mm. super tired. Like yeah, I was. Mm. That's not even the worst part. The next day, I went back to work. Yeah. Immediately, I went back to work, like my actual job. And yeah, that did not help at all. Eh? So next time, if there's a next time, we should plan this out properly in terms of my off days, Mr. Yeah. Howard. You know, no, no. I mean, I don't think leave for this because he's working at the the, the Bollywood um, shop down the road, and then yeah. he didn't plan any like downtime. Mm. <laughs> so even any rehearsal time or anything. So. Nope. Like, I mean, for instance, coming up with the voices for Garcia was like mm. on a day yeah. before. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. like, as you're walking, as you're leaving my house, I was yeah. something, I can't remember, hungry. I was like, hey, we should get a different sounding voice for the one nerdy character. Like, what can you do? I mean, I think you walked out the room and you went, wow. this is what I can do. From <laughs> the south. I was like, great, just do that, dude. Whereas, That's like, the one. Yeah, That's the it one. would have been cool to have time to, like, craft that stuff and workshop it and actually mm. rehearsals of the mm. scripts like about two days beforehand would have been very useful even for like wardrobe fitting yeah. we didn't have that <laughs> oh wow but i think i mean look in in terms of the way that the series worked out and like hearing what you guys have shared about how you had to put it together i mean it it worked I, maybe if it was a case of it was overly prepared for or overly produced maybe it would have yeah. you know lost in translation yeah. but i think for this for this first first scene the rescue series i think it worked it really do you really want to do you want to see another one together? absolutely all right we've got one person so far <laughs> Starting that's, petition. that's one vote so far yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Start> petition. <laughs> Just don't start a political party. I might not show up to the polls. Because um, in terms of the production houses, I mean, I know there's been a steady move from various places to be more representative um, to what the world looks like. So top of mind, I'm thinking Mira, the Royal Detective, um, Dr. McStuffin and Disney Junior. And it seems like a very genuine and welcome change. But everything at the end of the day comes down to the bottom line and profits. Do you think if the, the bottom line doesn't translate well in terms of, you know, yes, the, the, the viewership is good, but, or the reception is good to the content, but it doesn't make sense in terms of revenue, will the investment that's being made into the production stop? I mean, in terms of generally? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Um, no, I'll jump in. I, yeah. I, was, I was busy pointing to Andre saying, like, you answer this. Yeah. And he was pointing to me, you answer that. And then I was trying to stick. It's not a video. So I'll start. Mm. I'll um, yeah, I think it's, it's it's very cool. There's a lot. I, I've got a few friends in the animation world who are doing some other really rad stuff. Um, so mm. Disney has greenlit a friend of mine. His name's Mark Day. And he co-wrote yeah. a show called Kia, which is about a little ninja okay. princess girl. And she's a young black girl. Um, or I think yeah. she's of oriental descent. I can't exactly remember right now, but okay. she's she's it's, it's really cool. It's very fresh. And then there's another friend of mine who's doing a show called Mama K's Super Four, um, which is a okay. which is based in I think it's based in Kenya, the the world, the world yeah. of the world. And they're doing that through Triggerfish, if I'm correct. Um, and this all happened like five years ago. These shows were I was on a, a panel, like a team of of thirty like writers and filmmakers um, mm. in Triggerfish. That were pulled mm. together. Um, it was called Story Lab, and we were all kind of commissioned to, you know, put out some cool new ideas for animation. And out of that, these shows got birthed. Um, 
And so in a, few, in a few years' time, they'll be coming to our screens on Disney and on um, I'm not sure, or Tuggerfish's channel. But yeah. what was amazing was a lot of the content was super representative of Africa, representative of um, the Far East, if we had some guys from that area. And people were, people were confident to write about their own cultures, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and even now, Disney, I saw on, um, on Apple, um, Apple Plus, uh, sorry, Disney Plus, yeah. they're also releasing a new show in Nigeria, like a Nigerian show, Home to Nigeria, uh, which is about this prince and this princess, but set in a Nigerian sci-fi futuristic world, which is amazing. That's so that's yeah. definitely on the rise, like, and there's a, a, a heck of a lot more stuff that's like representative of different people groups, and it's really awesome. Whether or not that sticks around, and, and to, to answer the question about like, if it doesn't make money, will it go, yeah. will it be canceled? My answer to that, obviously, I mean, I'm no authority on this, but my gut feel is, um, is yes, it will totally get, uh, you know, reduced awesome. and eventually stopped producing. Because at the bottom line, mm. on, if uh, people, um, media only wants to make stuff that people want to watch. So they're, they're, they're not, you've got, either you've got commercial content or you have like art films that are just made for an audience of the filmmaker themselves, you know, and they've got like yes. their own little agenda. I'm going to make some French film about a frog <laughs> that is going through an existential crisis. Nobody's going to watch it, but the director finally finishes it after like four years and is like, voila, the escargot <laughs> is now self fulfilled I can once again retire to my farm. <laughs> cool, congratulations, dude. Like, you may have made that, like, but no one's even going to watch that. Um, it might pick up yeah. a few like awards at a festival like Cannes or something. But that'll, <laughs> so either things will go that route where it becomes mm-hmm. kind of very small and, and more like what we would call art, art house, or you've got the commercial yes. content, which is basically all the, all the commercial means is that we're giving the people what the people want. So they're putting their money mm-hmm. behind. Um, and so like media just follows what people, what, what, where the demand is. They're just going where the demand is. So as long as culture shifts, mm-hmm. media will follow that afterwards. Um, uh, one simple example mm-hmm. is superhero movies. Rewind 20 years yes. ago, and there was no popular superhero movies really. Um, and and the, the studios in Hollywood and stuff were, if you had to go up to a, a Hollywood executive and be like, I want to make a movie about like, you know, Iron Man, and he's going to be flying around, and, and they would have laughed uh-huh. at me, being like, Iron Man, that's a B-rated uh, superhero. No one even knows who Iron Man is, unless you're a deep fan. No ways. Um, so yes. they, they yeah. avoided all superhero movies, like, 30 years ago. Um, and then along came uh-huh. Spider-Man by Sam Raimi, and then Batman yeah. by Christopher Nolan. And, and those oh, yeah, films yeah. opened up the, the whole market, and they were really well-made. So because they were so well-made, yeah. They started to yeah. reproduce themselves. And then you had Iron Man in 2008, I think it was, and it was so well made that it gave birth to the whole of Marvel's legacy. Marvel. Now, now you can't escape superhero movies because people just love them. They eat them up for breakfast. Um, and what's cool is superhero movies actually have become quite representative as well. I mean, Black Panther being yeah. the yeah. final superhero movie to win an Oscar. And Mm, that's huge. Yeah. 2000, I think it was 2012 when um, Batman The Dark yeah. Knight came out. It was with Heath Ledger. That was oh, one of yeah. the biggest grossing movies of all time. Um, and it got, yeah. the fact yeah. that that got nominated for an Academy Award, like 
it was out of this world. People were like, what do you mean? It's not nominated. It's a superhero movie. We don't take those things seriously. But because culture, <laughs> culture was shifting so much that people mm-hmm. started to take notice. And then, like eight years later, culture had moved so far that Black Panther was able to be nominated and win uh, the Best Picture Oscar mm-hmm. and like massively blew away box office records. A story about mm-hmm. a black superhero from Wakanda. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's incredible to see how that all changes. But if it, if it, if it hadn't been really well made, um, uh, it wouldn't have yeah. about this cultural change. So I think uh, culture was ready for it, um, but it took a long time to yeah. shift. But once it started to shift, it yeah. shifted very quickly. And now, like, flip, I mean, you, you go to the cinema and you'll never you'll never be without a superhero movie to yeah. watch. You know what I mean? It's so um, true. It's very, yeah, very true. I think that as long as stuff keeps shifting, and to be honest, I don't think, like, representation is going to necessarily fall away because now, like, you've got... You got people, brilliant craftsmen behind the camera and in front of the camera, and the world's like almost yes. shifted to a place where it's the new norm to to go yeah. back to like only white stories or Western stories in at least in North America um, would be mm-hmm. would be lame, like because there's mm-hmm. all other worldviews that need to be highlighted, and, and definitely in a place like Africa, like if you're only telling kind of like Western stories in Africa, something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like if we something's very wrong, example, yeah. like. If you're in China and the only stories they're telling is like German stories, as an example, you'd be like, what the heck? Why are you guys telling big German stories? Tell some Chinese stories. And so I think yeah. the world is like grasped that now. And they're like, yeah, you're right. We are Africans. Let's tell African stories. You know what I'm saying? But, but they have to be well-made. If they're not well-made, we're going to resort back to whoever can tell the best stories in the best way. And hopefully it's, you know, we'll, we'll be African. So no pressure, Andre, but here we go, bro. What? Yeah, no pressure. Hey? What? I mean, I, I, okay, cool. Whatever Howard said, I'm saying that as well. No, I'm, saying, I'm saying in the sense of like putting out good content is important. It's yeah, well, well, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. No, it's very very true. I think with any art form, no matter oh, not even just art form, no matter what it is that you're doing, yeah. if it's well made, it will be received um, in in the spirit that it was created in. Yeah, but what, what are your thoughts on all of that, Pameza? I think for me, like one of the the biggest, I wouldn't say struggles. I mean, the examples that you've you've shown, um, that you've given in terms of like Wakanda, I mean, Black Panther, superheroes. I mean, it's all very important um, examples and it's actually, you illustrated it beautifully. I think my concern, we live in a capitalist society, which everybody understands. But I think because people are now aware of, where their content comes comes from, not necessarily just the content itself. Mm. Um, you have to be aware of who's creating it, why they're creating it. And the question always comes back to, but why isn't our stuff good enough? Why isn't our production good enough? Oh. Um, and by our, I mean Africa. And mm. like you say, it, the, the work, the, the, the quality of the work that is needed, that is required, to step into the ring, for lack of a better expression, to actually fight our way and say, our stuff as Africans is important, or whether it's Asian content, whether it's European content, or whether it's you know stuff from the Aborigine com- community in Australia. So everything has to be to such a high standard. And my concern is that sometimes when it comes to funding, um, there's so much red tape that yeah. 
you know, by the time you get to a point where you're almost there at the finish line and before you actually have someone say to you, here, here's the funding, here's the check, go and do great. A lot of people just stop. They're like, you know what, what's the point? Because you're jumping through so many hoops and when you try, I mean, a lot of people say go the private investor route, but then when you go to a private investor, the question is, but what's the return on investment? So it's, for me, it's, it's, it's that thing of like, where do we create the space for creatives to say, okay, this is, if this is what you want to do, this is your, these are your resources um, in terms of finance, in terms of, you know, any equipment that you need. Mm -hmm. And because the creative space, no matter which art form it is, there's value in it because it's important because those are where the the stories are that's where our history lies because those are the things that you know at the end of the day when we're all dead and buried our kids and their kids those are the things that they will carry forward and will remember us by but also be able to create their new stories and build on that and it's just it's it's frustrating sometimes because you can see you can see the battle, and I mean, there's a cousin of mine. She's in this in um, in the creative space as a di- director, and like it's you can just see in terms of the stories that she works on and the the content that she does, and when you see the the stuff the I want to call it mainstream um, work, you're thinking, but you're like, but guys, like, can we not see the difference? Can we not see where the quality is? And for me, I just sometimes feel that the the, the fight sits in the boardrooms, you mm. know, or in the in the bankers' boardrooms, where where we're talking about rands and cents, and we're like, okay, yes, we care about the arts, but will it make us money? Yeah, and definitely. I feel that's where the battle is, and it's just it's hard. It's really really hard because there's so much value in what not just what CNC Rescue is doing, but so many different other like other elements where you know where it's an artist and they want to create a piece of work or whether it's a writer or whether it's someone who wants to create something for tv or um even just a book you know like just putting together a book for kids so that when they're reading something they're like oh my word so i can be an astronaut i can be a little girl from an informal settlement but if i look at the stars there's nothing stopping me from saying i can go to the stars and just be so up close to them but you know when when you're now struggling as an author to put that book together you know it's those little things where you're just like oh my gosh like why are we still fighting those fights like there needs to be movement so it's it's hard you're so right it's just a it's a very difficult thing to find funding for the arts like Mm. it's needed in order to increase the quality that's one of the things is is a huge amount of funding um and it's interesting if you look at like europe or north america and now a bit china and india um the the governments and the culture generally does you know value the arts so often not valued down here in africa but for me on on the horizon um, number one, like we've really spoken about how culture has kind of changed lately. And now those other gatekeepers like North America uh, have opened up to like other stories a lot. But then you also get people yes. down here in Africa who are doing cool things without the funding. And one of them is sitting next to you. Mm, so Andre, like, what? so what, what, would your, how, what would your answer be, Andre? Like, so, I mean, you, you haven't had funding, but yet what? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, 
I literally, well, the way I started, I literally just used what I have, you know, use mm-hmm. what you have and then just continue to post it. Like, I mean, if I had to worry about what camera quality I started with at first and all that and like, okay, cool, no, yeah. I'm going to start when um, I get a better phone or get a better camera or whatever, I don't think I would have been here. Well, I, would, I don't think I would have landed up on Cartoon Network or something like that. So I think it's all just use what you have yeah. and then the rest will follow. If it's meant to be, how, how come you didn't give up though? When you, it's true. When you didn't have all the other stuff. Sorry. Why didn't you give up when you didn't have what you know? Because like... I love what I do, you know, and I do it. I mean, it, it makes me happy when I see people laughing at my videos. Like I'm giving people good moods, so it makes me happy. So it makes me want to do more and mm-hmm. do better, no matter what the limits are and so forth. I'll just find a way to make it come across the way I want it to. And what would you say so, I, if, if there's someone who's, because I often get this, people come up to me and they're like, oh, I've got a script, but help me make it. What would you say to somebody that's got like an idea, like, <laughs> you know, they want you to make it for them as well? For me to make this script? Mm. Sure. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, I, I don't quite, I haven't been in that situation with so I, I haven't had time. Well, let's say someone of, says like, oh, how do I become like one of the greatest? What would you say to them? You don't because only yes. the greatest already exists. You have to become great for yourself. Yeah. You get <laughs> Wow, that was some freestyle. Look at look at you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like no, honestly, like I don't I feel like this 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 like I've got some um friends who also tried their ways into the let's say entertainment mm. industry and they'd be like, Oh no, I'm I'm gonna start when I buy this or when I get that, you know, so I always tell them it's not the quality. If your content is interesting and it's just eye-catching and people continue to like, if your storyline basically is solid, then I don't think we care about the the, the quality of your video. So yeah, like I say, the rest will follow. That's true. Well, you just answered my last question. (laughs) Pretty much. The practical advice and the encouragement. So just start and the rest will follow. Exactly. There we go. How do you start? How do you start? Yeah. That's a good question. What do you mean? How do you start? How would you just start doing it? <laughs> <laughs> How do you start? I'm... Didn't you have to like, get over your fear mm. of something? Or, you know what I mean? Mm. Well, okay. Firstly, I had to get over the, the whole judgmental thing of people. I mean, like, there are some people be negative about what you do. They'd be like, I mean, come on, you're 24 year old and the stupid videos you're making or whatever, mm. whatever. Mm. I mean, you had to, I had to like literally grow the self-esteem to just close that section, mm-hmm. you know, like to not be insecure about what people are going to say or to not let the comments get to my head. So yeah, I literally always yeah. um, used to tell myself my happiness comes first. So my happiness comes through the videos that I make or whatever content I release. Yeah. So yeah, I put that first and always, and now I don't even care who's saying what, so they can speak all they want. <laughs> Because people will always talk, literally, though. People will always like, talk, whether yeah, you're doing bad or good. You can, yeah, you can be doing bad or good. There's going to be something out of it that they'll say. So, yeah. And I think also it's important that, I mean, one of the things that that I've always tried to, to remind myself of is that even if it's like just one person or two people or five people or ten people who are engaging and listening and watching, like, those are the people that matter yeah, that's, really because they're the ones who keep coming because yeah. they get something out of it and they're inspired in whatever way 
So even if it's just those few people, like those few people, it increases when it's supposed to be, if it's supposed yeah. to be. So just reminding yourself. I mean, that's one of the things that I do, just reminding myself that, you know, sometimes these conversations, it's just could be just me speaking to that one person and that's all that's they needed. Cool. They, they needed to hear this kind of conversation and to understand and believe that they, they've got a space. They can do something as well. There's yeah. nothing stopping them. Those who matter don't mind. Okay. Those who mind don't, don't matter. matter. Here we go. Stop yeah. the yes. Yeah, Dr. Seuss. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. That was a bit of a motivational one as well i i feel really motivated by some of the things that you guys shared what not just in terms of your journey pardon what a pleasure no it was awesome it was a really great conversation it just reminded me why i do what i do and i it's it's great to know that people who are passionate about what they do they find a way yeah. no matter what day jobs and everything in between and lifing and adulting and all those things there's always a way one way or another definitely yeah, that's awesome. So CN to the rescue team, Howard and Andre, yeah. thank you so much. You're welcome. I can't wait for season two. Yo, sure. Speak it in, lady. Yeah, Let's yeah. Do it. Speak in faith. It's the universe. Hallelujah. It's the universe. Come on now. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. conversation with Howard and Andre was both well <laughs> many different things it was funny it was insightful it was interesting it was challenging um you know when <laughs> it's interesting when you you are now switched over to the other side and you asked a question so when Howard asked me that question about my thoughts about the industry and Africa and all those things that was quite quite um quite a moment but it was a good one I'm really excited to see what the team will be doing next. I'm really excited in terms of what they'll be doing in terms of contributing to the creative industry, um, both in South Africa and Africa and the world, right? Because at the end of the day, as much as we want to create for ourselves, we need to create and share and educate the world that we live in and ensure that they understand that you know, we are more than what they perceive us to be. So we need to keep sharing those stories. But we also need to show where the similarities are, but where the differences are and what makes us amazing um, as an African people, as an African um, culture and community, all the different things that make us who we are as a continent. So I'm looking forward to see what happens for, for the gentleman. But I'm also curious to see and to let me you let me know you know should we should we continue this series in terms of creativity representation and what we can all do to be part of this community and sharing the different stories um definitely something i'm i'm curious to do and interested to do and want to do so let's continue the conversation and i'll, I'll let you know soon who our next guest will be that was the stood our conversations the podcast see you again soon